Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the manual. I hope all is well and where you are, you are being your best self and you are enjoying a ray of sunshine. I hope all is well for you. I want to address today um, a few things I've been seeing on um, Instagram. Uh, it's the only social media that I'm on right now. I used to be on Facebook about four years ago. I decided to get off Facebook for a few reasons, and I'm glad I did. But IG is kind of where I spend my public realm time watching, learning, uh, checking in on people, and kind of getting a kick out of things that I see because, as we all know, that it is a um, a self-promotion of, of who we want to be, who we are, and kind of a way of um, living vicariously through other people. But in the health and fitness world is what I want to address when it comes down to IG. Seeing a lot of things uh, of late, uh, especially since we've been all quarantined, that doesn't kind of connect the dots when it comes to fitness, especially when it comes to these detox teas, sorry, detox teas, um, magic rubs and creams and whatever else they got going on. Now, we've all known that supplements some work, some don't, depending on what you're looking to do. And there's actually um, evidence that if you kind of mix some of the ingredients in your favorite supplements or in your favorite beauty serums, that you do get a sense of real effect, so to speak. So when I say um, everything is not snake oil, I'm not grouping everything or painting a such a broad brush that everything has to be uh, put under this same spotlight. But there's a few things that, again, I, I see where as being a trainer, uh, I know from hard work and nutrition is how you obtain the body that you want. But beyond the aesthetic, there's also the sense of some real wellness, some real insight to who you are. You know, I, I'm a functional trainer, an athletic trainer uh, by trade, but I also deeply believe in functional training as being one of the base roots of what I do. Reason I say functional training, and, and for those of you who do not know what that is, is basically however old you are, uh, in my philosophy, in my world, you add 10 years to that and think of yourself 10 years from now and 10 years from that and 10 years from that. You're training for your future self. You're training to be your future self. Being able to reach in a cabinet and not have pain in your shoulders or pain in your, your back, uh, be able to bend over, do yard work if you like that kind of stuff, and also being able to carry a suitcase to an airport. These things sound very menial and these things sound very trivial, but it is, is an actual fact that clients that we get, and I say we, I'm speaking in, in the profession, we get people that basically uh, want to be able to still do these things. So either it's a lack of mobility or it's a lack of, a lack of some, some other injuries uh, that may have debilitated them over the years and they have not rehabbed it or kind of addressed it, that it becomes a deficiency. It becomes a movement pattern um, dysfunction, so to speak. So I, I speak from a place of of everyone um, who's been lifting for the most part, um, and this is a kind of a wide rationale, has injuries. Um, and these injuries occur from either poor movement pattern or it occurs from um, lack of movement not moving in the right in the right way and when it comes down to moving the right way there's a lot of um uh, functional training that people should be doing as an auxiliary to what you're doing now in the gym if you're lifting three or four days a week uh and you're doing split routines or you're doing um pyramids or whatever whatever your style of training is or however you address training 
Uh, corrective exercise, uh, which I'll get to in a second, functional training should be a very big part of that diet, so to speak. No pun intended. Just as you eat a variety of foods uh, for health and wellness, you should work out in a variety of ways. You know, getting your cardio in um, is, is important and is vital, but there's different ways of getting cardio in. I don't like to run. I always say this. I don't like to run, but there's other ways I can get my cardio in without having to go to that extent uh, to do that. Now, I do enjoy walking. Uh, walking is a way of me clearing my head. Um, I, a few weeks ago, I walked eight miles, which I didn't set out to do, but I ended up doing eight miles. And um, towards the end, I started to feel, my legs started to feel a little sore, uh, but mostly the bottom of my feet because of the sneakers that I was wearing. So obviously, I'm looking into now researching what kind of sneakers I should uh, where to walk because same as running you need to protect your feet the soles of your feet because they're vital to your movement pattern so going back to what i was addressing initially in this episode was the uh different things that we see online um from so-called trainers or fitness professionals uh on the in the ig realm now i've seen this a few pages several pages that i follow um i'm not going to plug them because again i'm not getting paid to do this uh so to speak so i'm not going to plug them but there's several several things that you should uh look at when you consider following someone it's not about how many likes they get or how many people follow them but it's the content as we all know this is a age-old mantra is the content what are they posting are they posting things that are factual science-based uh back backed up to or are they just posting things because it's popular and it's kind of just something that kind of just happens so um i definitely implore people when you look at uh who you're following or you're looking at exercises or whatever it is that you kind of do a dive into who who this person is and what is I guess motivating them or putting them to put this content out is there are they selling plans or meal plans are they selling programs or whatever it is and when it comes to programs as i pivot here um all programs are not created equal and for those who don't understand what a program is a program is a workout plan that you devise for yourself or someone devises for you depending on a few factors when you go out to uh, seek out a trainer or seek out um help with your health health and wellness and your fitness just as you approach your diet, just as you approach how you eat is how you should train as well. And I, and I say this um, to nauseam is that not all trainers are equal and not all nutrition plans or programs are equal. You have to find what fits you. What, what, is, what is your movement pattern like? What are your injuries that you've sustained are that have not possibly been addressed and what kind of things you like to do for fun you know um exercising is a phenomena um it's unusual sometimes and it 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 yields results but it also changes you physiologically and also changes you uh metabolically and things of that nature so you should find things if you want to look like a greek god you should work out and eat what a greek god would eat you know there's there's these many diets and diet from a 34,000 foot view a diet is basically what it is it's what you eat it's it's not something that you should be doing because your family reunion is in a month or your class reunion is in two months or you are seeking to um to connect with a, a ex or a future person and you want to look your best it should be always a diet should be always now we have ways to look at diet 
um, whether it's keto, it's paleo, it's the South Beach, whatever, you know, whatever it is, uh, diets are created for the sense of wellness on the inside. It's the aesthetic that you're fueling your body for, for, um, for movement and for load and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, a diet is just basically making sure that your body is fueled with enough nutrients and minerals and vitamins that it needs to sustain who you are. I talked about BMR a few episodes ago, uh, knowing your basal metabolic rate. And what the basal metabolic rate is, is that how many calories your body needs to sustain itself in, in, on any given day. Okay. The more active you are, the higher your BMR will be. Okay. Your basal metabolic rate and basal is, is, um, meaning at, at rest still, uh, without much activity. So at a minimum, what does your body need? Uh, you can jump online and and look up any BMR calculator. Uh, it's going to ask you a few, um, questions about yourself, like how old you are, how tall you are, uh, how much activity you get, you know, how many times do you work out? per week um, and the intensity of those workouts. And from that, it will give you a loose calculation of how many calories you should be eating to sustain whatever it is. So for example, if you just put in that uh, you're sedentary, which means you don't work out at all, you don't, don't do anything, it'll give you a number. It'll just say, hey, um, John, your, your BMR is 1900. So that means John has to eat a, an abundance of 1900 calories um, per day at a minimum to, su- to sustain who he is, to have functioning um, bodily functions, to uh, obviously um, not be tired and, and, and things of that nature. So, but if John works out five days a week and three of those days are intense days that he works out with a passive day uh, added to the back of his workouts, then his BMR might go from 1900 to let's say 2700, I'm just loosely speaking here. John is a fictional uh, thing for this case study. So I'm using his, this as an example. So learn yourself, learn your body, uh, learn what it is. If you are someone who trains in an athletic way, which means that you are playing probably a sport um, and not, and I'm speaking, uh, I'll back this up. I'm speaking of someone who's like me. Like I, speaking of myself, like I'm older, but I still enjoy playing certain types of sports. So I train as I'm still playing that sport uh, for the fun of it, because some of the training is some fun, cool stuff that you can do. And then you're amazed that, you know, things you, that you were doing 25, 30 years ago, that your body can still do those movement patterns. It may be a little altered depending on what injuries, again, that you have sustained. But train in the way that you would like to train. If you are training to be a bodybuilder, that's a whole different mindset. That is that is something that is, um, I always tell my friends who are, who are bodybuilders or trained in that fashion, that they are crazy. And why I say they're crazy is because the nutrition, the lifting is is the lifting. I mean, it's the work, it's the payload, it's, it's, it's the payoff. But the actual, actual eating to sustain the weight and the muscle is insane because you're constantly eating. You're, you're eating every, every three to four hours in some cases, maybe every two hours, depending on what kind of mass you're trying to put on and you're burning. Your body becomes an, an engine. It is burning a lot of fuel. So think of a firewood um, scenario that you're feeding a fire in the middle of the wilderness and it's freezing cold. One log is not going to do it. You got to cut down maybe five logs of firewood to kind of get a, a warmth fire around you. 
Um, so that, again, that is something that you have to understand for yourself. So when it comes down to um, looking for a, a way to train, if you're not already training in that fashion or someone's guiding you, meaning a professional, uh, which is a fitness expert, um, training you that way, then you are kind of on your own and you have to be very diligent in how you approach what you train for and how you train because of the the complexities of what happens on the inside. Again, lifting a, a dumbbell or a barbell is what it is, you know, if you have good proper mechanics. But again, uh, for instance, if you have hypertension, any gripping, excessive gripping of something or going from elevations from the ground to up on your feet very quickly, it may not be good for you. You have to train for how your body is. So when they, when they, when we see those um, disclaimers in a in a ad on TV or something in print in a magazine or online, it talks about consulting your physician for you know before you uh, engage in such activity. And there's a lot of truth in that because again, you need to understand what conditions, underlying conditions, as we know from COVID, that people may have prior to going into a vigorous training program. If you have not trained in several years, your first or second day should not be, or actually your first week, shouldn't be hard charging, shouldn't be crazy. It shouldn't be something that you just jump into and go nuts because that's not how your body was intended to just come out, come out of the gates and start swinging. So I, um, I always tell people to make sure that you pick something that you like as far as fun because Honestly, if you haven't realized this, when you look at a magazine, for instance, like, like let's say Muscle Bill, I'm sorry, um, uh, I don't even know what magazines are right now. Wow, that's crazy. It's something, my, every, I guess mag, I'm sound old and magazines are things though. <laughs> but when you look at any program, um, I think uh, bodybuilding.com has some excellent programs because those programs are written by PhD people, um, people with master's degrees and a high level of intellect when it comes to this stuff. But the one thing that they explain to you and they kind of um, keep iterating to you is that um, that they have not assessed you. They have not. Ass- you guys heard me talk about this before, an assessment or intake. Intake or assessment is basically someone checking you out. Um, to see how you move, how you would get down to do a squat, how you would do an overhead reach, how you would how how your stability is if you have to stand uh, on one leg or you have to side lunge and things of that nature. This is this this is very important for how you train because if you have dysfunctional movement patterns, it doesn't matter what you do when you're training, you're not going to get the gains that you are looking to seek. Um, you're not it's not going to happen for you it's it's kind of it, it it's like making a cake without putting in eggs or putting in flour it's just not going to sustain that type of situation so these these plans do not have you in mind when they're written because they're written for a, the general population with the assumption that someone is in condition to train like they have been cleared by a doctor or they've been or they're cleared you know to actually do these type of activities and Without knowing where you are, your baseline, your starting point, then it's very hard for you to do that. And then you, God forbid, will sustain an injury, which is a setback, or you further damage that 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 dysfunction by by putting now a load on your shoulder that's always aching you, and now you you have to deal with that for the rest of your life. So, uh, men out there, under the sound of my voice, I'm talking to you directly right here. Do not be afraid to seek out help. 
Um, in the gym, we see a lot of ego lifting, a lot of bro lifting. Bro, 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 bro. My brother's like this, bro. I understand because I was one of those guys 20 years ago. I would just go in and put up ridiculous weight or at least try to and um, probably look like an idiot doing it. Um, so when you train, understand what you're training, why you're training that part and how often you should train. You shouldn't be doing chest four five days a week unless you're like me. I like a total body workout all the time. I don't believe in chest day, leg day, leg days every day. I used to box leg days every day. So I don't believe in 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 isolating or you know it's it's a workout for me um if i concentrate on doing let's say it's it is a monday and it's uh, i'm lifting with a partner and it's, it's his chest day or her chest day i basically would join their chest workout or they join my chest workout but then my auxiliary work might be something different i might i might actually even add chest shoulders and back to the same day where i do a half an hour for chest the other half an hour on the other two body parts. So that way I don't neglect. But again, I am not dispelling or I'm, I'm not casting uh, any, any, any bad light on how someone trains. Whatever works for you works for you because that's what you've chosen. So please don't think that I'm saying, oh, that's the wrong way to train. It's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm basically just saying that um, whatever you pick, stick to it. Uh, if it isn't working for you, make make uh, tweaks and critiques of it. Uh, if it's not working for you at all, change it. Change it all together. There are thousands and thousands of exercises in the uh, book of exercises, the continuum. There's a great site um, on online. It's called exrx.net. Again, exrx.net. Very informal site. Uh, information is phenomenal on the site. It talks about, like for instance, if you're doing. It, it lists everything in a kind of a volume, like a like an encyclopedia. Um, it'll list, let's say if you're doing neck exercises, it'll give you everything that you can do for your neck. Uh, in addition to that, it'll explain to you what muscles are involved in, necks, in, in the neck. And it also will give you what muscles are um, prime movers, synergists, um, and things of that nature. And I'm trying not to use a lot of jargon, uh, personal training jargon or fitness jargon. But, you know, when you're doing something, the, the, when people say the proverbial, where, where should I feel this? Or what, what am I working here? When you pick up a weight or you pick up bands or you, or you hyper, I'm sorry, you hyper extend or you, um, you move a certain way, you should, something should happen where you feel something in your body. If you're doing a shoulder exercise and you're lifting something above your head to do a press, you should not feel that in your in your legs. You should not feel that in your, in your lower back. If you do, there's a compensation going on. There's some kind of uh, dysfunction somewhere. So don't panic. It's not like the end of the world, but you have to find out why you're doing that. Maybe when you lift overhead, you're sticking your chest out, you're bending your back to try to support the weight and obviously you're feeling that that pressure in your lower back which you shouldn't feel you should feel that in the, the upper um upper part of your back in your shoulders and then obviously uh in your um, chest as well the core is always a thing that you should always feel um if you guys have never looked up bracing it's a very good exercise uh, for core because the core musculature is not only the front your transverse abdominis or or serratus or <clears throat> excuse me 
or obliques, it's actually also parts of your back as well. So everything works in a uh, a tandem or a or a um, synergistic way. You know, some some prime movers, um, synergists, antagonists, agonists, uh, all of these things you can look up um, in just one mechanic. I believe in compound movements. I it's something that I um, have latched onto many many years ago, and I kind of train in that fashion. For a few reasons, compound movements for me, speaking for Cleve, it's it's a great way to get a lot of exercises in in one movement, and it also addresses uh, muscles to do that. I'm also a big proponent of doing things that are uh, auxiliary or kind of complementary to what I'm doing. If I want to do some shoulder work that particular day, if I'm going to do some punching um, as part of my cardio, um, I use a football or a frisbee more so a football to warm up. I'll throw a football with, I could throw a football with both hands. So I would throw that to kind of get that rotation and those deep muscles firing before the actual workout. So I, again, I try to train in the fashion that I am. Um, one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. And I think, I think people say this all the time too. And I never understood it until I actually had to do it. The hardest thing to do in sports, <laughs> the two hardest things is uh, to hit a baseball I'm talking like a major, like I'm, I'm talking like a 90 mile per hour pitch coming at you. Like you're trying to bear down to hit this ball. It's almost impossible if you're not trained to do that. If you're not if you're not a baseball player, per se, or, or a major league slugger, it's something that is is very, very hard to do. You know, and if you can hit a 90 mile per hour baseball or 100 mile per hour baseball, good for you, man. You're you're winning right now because it's very hard to do. There are professional athletes who do not play baseball, like who may play basketball or box or whatever that cannot do this because it is it takes so many different things that are happening in that one mo- motion of a swing that is ridiculous. Um, very, very good sports science stuff. Um, so when I try to train, depending on um, to keep it to keep it loose, to keep it fresh, you know, change it up. You know, don't always train the same way. Every year, you shouldn't be training the same exact way unless you're doing it for a specific reason. Like if you run a marathon, there's only, you know, a few ways that you can actually just run. But you can also, as auxiliary work, take bands and do um, hip flexor work, uh, work on your gait, you know, work on your your stride and your impact uh, as it hits the ground. That's, that's your heel and your, and your, um, your excuse me, your foot hitting the ground at a certain strike, striking distance and things of that nature. So there's ways to train yourself uh, to be better, to be great, but have fun. This is, this is something that I think is missing in a lot of training programs is the fun. Like people are not having fun. People are not going to the gym. I mean, it's a social place. Yeah. Don't go there to talk, you know, someone's head off. But as you're training, if you have a training partner that that's interested in things that you like to do and vice versa, feed off of each other. She may have a great idea. He may have a great idea, depending on what what you guys want to do. Or you might find out that they're doing something that you need to do because they've been training a certain way. And you're like, wow, I've never thought to train myself in that fashion, but I'm not going to add I'm going to add that to my toolbox now. You know, I've learned so many things from so many people over the years. And when I became a trainer, like straight up full time, I've met some amazing trainers. Like I've I've had I've I've met a couple of people that were like you know that were either super arrogant or they were idiots, 
And again, depending on, you know, nice person or nice people, but you, you look at them and you see them train, you're like, wow, that's, you know, very rudimentary or that's very simple or for the education that they have or, or both that they have, it's like it doesn't match up well. You're like, okay, I don't understand why this person is, is doing that. Like, for instance, I would love, because um, I watch these training videos of the people that train for like superhero movies like Marvel um, and DC. And, you know, I love Superman, the guy that plays Superman now, Henry Cavill. Like, he's he's dope. Like, he his workouts are amazing. Just as good as Chris Helmsworth's workout when he, the door or whatever. But these guys um, have trainers that are amazing. Uh, the things that they have them do, like, you look at it and like, wow, what, like, why are they doing that? You know, watch, they should be in the, in, the, in, the, in the weight room just hammering down weights. It's not all about lifting weights or lifting things heavy. That's, I think that's the misconception a lot of people have about training. And people who do not train as often or train at all, their perception of training in the gym is like you just go in there and lift, you know, a dumbbell or a barbell. There's machines, there's bands, there's medicine balls. There's so many things that you can do that you have to open your mind up to, to having fun. To, to making it something that is good for you. My, when I go to the gym, um, I used to do this, but um, not as much these days. But I'll turn my phone, I'll put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Well, I'll still get text, but I won't get phone calls because it, this is my time to myself that I have to work out. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I work out with a, a coworker, you know, fellow trainer, or I may work out with a friend, or I may work out with a client. You know, this, and in those three, fat sets, I have to change up how I approach because a, another trainer will go as hard as I will go. A client would only go as hard as they know how to go. And if it's a friend, we're going to ego lift. We're going to talk shit. You know, we're going to try to show each other up. Uh, it's like a pissing contest. I don't care if it's male or female. Everyone tries to to come in, you know, come in there and, and do what they need to do. But I get it. You know, we're not, you know, we're not trying to show each other up in a negative way, but we're, we're pushing each other um, instinctively to do our best to be our best and, and, and that kind of thing. So I always tell people like, listen, you know, whoever your training partner is, Know that they are supposed to make you better, not make you worse or not waste your time by just making that time about y'all just talking shit about life. Interject it in there, but get the work done. You're there to get the work done. You're there to lift and work and sweat and grind and that kind of thing. So, you know, try to keep try to keep it pushing, try to keep it fresh, you know, try to keep it interesting. And if you have um, friends that are fitness enthusiasts, Tap into that knowledge. Don't let IG, <laughs> don't let IG be, be that that only source that you think. Oh, this person looks great. That they're they're peddling some detox tea, and, and I'm like, listen, you know, detox teas work, but not not in that fashion. You can actually just go make your own detox tea if you want to spend the time on researching something. And I think that's where we get lost in translation. Basically, is that where someone is doing something for us where we're not vetting it or we're not looking into how it can be done. I told you guys a while back, I make my own protein bars. Not because I feel that everything out there is crap. There's actually some really good protein bars out there. But from an economic standpoint and also from a, a health standpoint, because it, it may be laden with sugar or additives or preservatives that I, I don't want in my body, I'll do it myself because there's, it, there's no secret sauce to it. 
you know, you make it the same way they make it. They just mass produce it at a higher rate and a in a bigger space. But again, if you're interested in passionate in things, you have to research. You know what I'm saying? Just like when we watch a movie, the trailer comes out, looks great. Or like, oh, that looks good. Let's go see that. And then you go see the movie. It was okay. You know, the trailer gets you in. But have you really wanted, if I really want to see something, I'm into something, I'll look into it a little further to see what people are saying about it. Um, obviously, reviews can sometimes paint a negative light on things because people are biased for whatever reason. But you do your due diligence. If I see a lot of people saying, hey, this movie was great, you know, you should go see it, it might, it might trigger me to go a little, a little bit more. But if I see a lot of negative reviews, um, and for every negative one, I see a positive one. I'm like, well, this sounds like I need to make my own assumption of this. When it comes to training, there is no, there is no that. It is basically down to science, and that's it. If it's not scientifically backed up or scientifically based, then it doesn't. It's 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 doesn't work. And that's me taking aim or taking shots at people that that look great on IG and, you know, they're posing and whatever, but they're not showing you the work. I want to see your workout. I want to see what you eat. I want to see what you do. Don't tell me about taking this detox tea. Don't tell me about taking um, this particular um, uh, supplement. I want to see how you work, how you work out. Who's your trainer? You know, how do you train? Because that's important to me. I don't, I can give a damn about how you look. You could be taking drugs for all I know to look like that. I need to see the work. That's just me. Okay. So I kept this episode light for you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me, cleveland.wasteland.gmail.com. You can also give me a phone call at 703-307-9188. Again, 703-307-9188. I'll look forward to any questions or comments that you may have about this episode. But again, weather's changing. We're outside now trying to get some work in. Uh, you know, hit me up for ideas or, you know, check out my IG page for ideas. Uh, I've added a few different things to my workouts now. I'm using a hammer, a sledgehammer. You might think it's very simple, but sledgehammer does a lot for the shoulders, the back, the arms, the chest, your your um, your biceps. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And of course, the core. Without the core, none of this works. All right. So thank you guys for listening to the manual. Have a great day. Peace.